Is a banshee an animal? No. What's a banshee? It's a mystical woman that lures people to their death. I believe. Like a siren? Like the same thing or not quite? Mm. A banshee is a female spirit in Irish folklore who heralds the death of a family member, usually by screaming, wailing, shrieking, or keening. She does it all. She wails. She, she shrieks. <laughs> she keens. <laughs> she banshees. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Ride Home Podcast. My name is Abby. Hey, guys, it's Caitlin. We are doing another, geez, it's been a million at-home podcasts <laughs> in a row. <laughs> are we going to have to change the name of the podcast To the at-home podcast? No. No, because we're going to be back in theaters next, next episode. Week. Yeah, the yeah. very next episode. So this is our last at-home episode for, for hopefully quite a some while. time. Yeah. But we recently saw that HBO Max picked up a movie that has been getting quite a decent amount of Oscar buzz. I think mm -hmm. it's the second highest nominated Golden Globe movie. Okay. So it's getting a lot of buzz, getting a lot of potential Oscar buzz. And so we definitely wanted to check it out and put it on our Oscar list. And that is Banshees of Inishirin by yes. Martin McDonough. The movie stars Colin Farrell, who ironically enough shares my birthday. Yes, We're, a Gemini King. Yes. So he is returning to another Martin McDonough movie with Brendan Gleeson, who was his co-star in mm -hmm. In Bruges, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. Mm -hmm. um, and then Carrie Condon is also in it. And Barry Keoghan, who was in Eternals and The Green Knight. He's kind of an up-and-coming little fella. Yeah, a little up-and-coming Irishman. A little, yeah. We love to see it. <laughs> we do love to see it. A new little Irishman. So the synopsis I thought was going to be a lot shorter than this on I know. On I'm looking at it across the room <laughs> and it's like a it, paragraph. It's a very simple plot. So we're going to see how the synopsis goes. Okay. I haven't read it yet. Let's hear it. On a remote island off the coast of Ireland, Podrick is devastated when his buddy Colm suddenly puts an end to their lifelong friendship. With help from his sister and a troubled young islander, Podrick sets out to repair the damaged relationship by any means necessary. However, as Colm's resolve only strengthens, he soon delivers an ultimatum that leads to shocking consequences. Which I think I messed up Colm's name. They kept calling him Colm. 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 It was almost like column yeah column but it's spelled c-o-l-m so right. i and we're not irish no. so sorry funny enough i have a cousin whose name is siobhan and mm -hmm. her name is spelled s-i-o-b-h-a-n mm -hmm. and there's a character in the movie whose name is siobhan, siobhan. Uh -huh. spelled that way right and i feel like if somebody watched this without subtitles they'd be like what in the fuck name is that yeah and like i luckily was like oh well, there's a siobhan right <laughs> i know there's a siobhan. always a siobhan <laughs> yeah if it's irish there's a siobhan. there's a siobhan so yes this movie is just bursting with ireland like it is just oh. chef's kiss yes and at one point right at the beginning i looked at caitlin i was like i i'm not really sure what era this is set in mm -hmm. because they were dressed very old school but you could tell like the buildings they were in had like electricity and so uh -huh. i was just like what is going on here and i just threw out a number i was mm -hmm. like well, maybe it's in the 20s <laughs> and turns out it was set in the 20s it was in <laughs> fact in the 20s it was in fact in the 20s so it is set in ireland in the 1920s 
during the Irish Civil War, mm-hmm. I had a brief moment where I panicked internally because I was like, oh my God, in just a couple of years, what we are living through right now will be called the 20s. Mm-hmm. And so when we say the 20s, we're going to be thinking about a completely different the 20s than a people. Ago. Oh, I feel old. I feel like the woman on the Titanic. <laughs> like <laughs> it's, it's been, been 84 years. Yeah. Oh, no. So this is the last time you can say in the 20s. I'm 1,000 years old. I feel aged just from that fact. Um, As always, we're going to start our little review with your thoughts and feelings. Mm -hmm. You've had some time to ruminate on Mm -hmm. this one. And we kind of showed our cards already because we released our top 10 (laughs) of the year. But what are your thoughts and feelings? This is probably one of the most simple movies as far as a plot goes. <laughs> yeah, maybe really is. that I've ever seen. Uh-huh. That being said, I have very complex feelings mm. about such a simple movie. Yeah. So to me, the biggest thing that stood out about this movie is the cinematography. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I think I said something about it. Within, within the first two minutes, yep. I think I said, in fact, I'm obsessed with the cinematography. Of yeah. This. Yeah. And that feeling stayed with me throughout <laughs> hasn't gone away. <laughs> all two hours of the movie. Yeah. And all well, however many days it's been since we watched this movie. And just keep thinking about it. I just keep thinking about it. It was beautiful. It was absolutely gorgeous. It was. I know this is like such a cliche word to say. But it was breathtaking. Mm-hmm. It was shot in just the most beautiful way. Yeah. It was just like paintings of an Irish landscape. What was crazy, though, is that like not only were like the landscape shots beautiful, but also like they managed to make interiors of really simple. I mean, let's say ugly structures yeah. like they lived in shacks basically Mm -hmm. somehow made those set pieces beautiful and gorgeous that's what i'm saying everything about this movie it was like a moving portrait Mm -hmm. even like the bar that they went to in this little tiny town yeah which was just all like you said all the buildings were just like stone buildings it Mm -hmm. was nothing fancy no i think it was so beautiful because it was so simple you Mm -hmm. know it was not overdone at all and i think that's what worked so well yeah another thing that i think on the theme of things being simple and not overdone Mm -hmm. was the casting yeah because it was such a small cast tiny that really all of them were stars Mm -hmm. and all of them fucking nailed it in my opinion yeah and and as individuals and as an ensemble yeah and so i think it was a simple story it was a simple set it was a simple cast but it was like they just took a microscope and like zoomed in Mm. on this Mm -hmm. little tiny piece of the world in this one particular time Mm -hmm. and it was just this really one plot point yeah (laughs) and They stretched it out and made it play out like this beautiful moving piece of art. Yeah. I know that's kind of giving it all away, so to speak. There's, of course, more to say, but that's my initial thoughts. I think in a world where our top grossing movies are these giant budgets Mm -hmm. with 
giant casts. Yes. So think about Marvel movies. Think about Avatar. Mm -hmm. Think about even like the Glass Onion. Yeah. Stuff like that where it's almost like you only have five minutes with each character Mm -hmm. because there's 25 people who are starring in it this was similar to bones and all Mm -hmm. in the sense that and the whale where they're very much true ensemble pieces where Mm -hmm. it was just that core group of people Mm -hmm. you know those four or five people that you spent two hours getting to know so well Mm -hmm. and you could tell that each one of those actors fully understood their character you know like yes you could tell that they put in the work that other actors don't really get to do because they're busy doing like green screen stuff yeah you know because they don't have to yeah you know the script doesn't allow for it and the director doesn't allow for it and like you said the amount of people in the movie just simply doesn't allow for that much depth of character and development i do have to also say that the cinematographer is ben davis who funny enough has shot marvel movies okay so he yeah (laughs) so he is the director of photography from guardians of the galaxy age of ultron doctor strange captain marvel and eternals okay and he's also done other films that are not marvel um he was the director of photography for three billboard three billboards outside ebbing missouri which is also a martin mcdonough movie Mm -hmm. Um, he did The Kingsman and he did My Policeman, which is the other Harry Styles movie that came out this year. Gotcha. But I thought what was so unique about that was, first of all, you you could see the similarities from Eternals in this movie. Sure. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Two wildly different genres, right. but still absolutely gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And I think as someone who used to work in lighting and who appreciates lighting Mm -hmm. and who is way, I will admit, I'm way too critical about lighting. Mm -hmm. This was one of probably three or four movies that I can count on one hand that I can say was perfectly lit. Okay. I wouldn't change a single thing about any shot in this movie okay everything was soft and warm Mm -hmm. and cozy when it had to be Mm -hmm. it was cold and grim and sucked the energy out of Mm -hmm. you when Mm -hmm. it had to be it was beautiful and breathtaking and like huge and wide when it had Mm -hmm. like everything about both the lighting the framing the like movement and the blocking of the actors and how they use the camera within Mm. the scenes I just think that it's perfect yeah and I'm kind of stunned that it is not at the top of everybody's list for best cinematography this year seriously it's like I have been reading because I after we saw it I was like oh I wonder like what the Oscar buzz for this movie is and like cinematography it's like it's like a maybe we'll get in and I have no idea how because some of the movies that were listed I would put this leaps and bounds ahead in terms of cinematography yeah i don't even need to see what the other options are (laughs) and you already know it's yeah yeah it's so much better so i completely agree with you with the acting and the cast and the cinematography and i also agree with you that this story could not have been more simple (laughs) at one point it was mm, maybe 25 minutes into the movie where colin farrell's character was asking brendan gleason's character for like the sixth time why he wasn't talking to Mm -hmm. him 
And for a second, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I'm going to hate this movie. Yeah. Because I thought that it was just going to be that for the right. whole thing. And I was like, how in the hell are they carrying this on for two hours? Because literally, the movie starts with Brendan Gleeson and Colin Farrell are supposedly best friends mm -hmm. and they you know Colin Farrell's trying to have a conversation with him and Brendan Gleeson's just ignoring him uh -huh. just straight up ignoring him right and so for the whole I'm not joking 25 minutes of the movie it's just Colin Farrell asking him over and over and over again why you're not, talking, not talking to me right and so I initially was just like oh no like I'm gonna hate this movie which sucks because like I'm a huge Martin McDonough fan mm -hmm. like I've liked everything that he's put out so far right and again in Bruges is like one of my favorite movies of all time so mm -hmm. having those two cast members back like having Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson right. back I was just like I have to love this movie yeah luckily it does redeem itself and it develops and it becomes much more complex mm -hmm. and beautiful and deep without trying too hard right. like it just like it was just a beautiful story mm-hmm not like heartwarming by any means, but no. just <laughs> definitely beautiful. not a heartwarming story, no. but it was beautiful because it was so real. Yeah. And it was so complex, but it wasn't, you yeah. know, it was simple, but it wasn't. Mm -hmm. And it was just kind of just showing humanity, you know, right. I mean, really. Yeah. And, and the complexities of friendship and family and being in a community. Mm hmm. And I think, one of the benefits of it, obviously, is that Martin McDonough is a king of dark humor. And so the whole movie is funny. Yeah, the entire thing. The whole thing is, mm -hmm. is hilarious. I thought Colin Farrell was oh my God. hysterical in his character. There were side characters that were like townspeople that yes. also had like really funny moments. And Barry Keoghan has a lot of punchline joke mm -hmm. type situations because he's kind of like the town goofball, basically. Right. And then on the flip side of that, the same person, Barry Keoghan, will deliver probably one of the most heartbreaking performances you'll see all year. Right. And so that balance of like humor and heartbreak and people just like navigating their own mortality, mm -hmm. navigating loneliness, navigating abuse, navigating all these really horrific things. Mm -hmm. But with that hint of dark comedy, which like for anybody with a with a touch of trauma in your past, like that is that is the movie for, for you. Yes. Like, and so also, good. I think not only a nod to trauma, but also just so Irish. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and unapologetically so. Oh my God. And I think that's what I am also obsessed with about this yeah. movie is how Irish it is. I mean, they just said full sin Ireland. Yeah. I loved when they would like add so at the end of all yeah. their lines. You'd be like, oh, are you going to the pub, so? Yeah. And it's just like, it was so cute. But yes. then like, it's like it's charming, but it's also like Irish people, like as a people mm -hmm. have been through a lot of shit. Right. And are traumatized and have yeah. had a lot of trauma. And like they even make some jokes about that. About yeah. like <laughs> we're depressed. We just don't show it. Right. Like we crack jokes instead. Like that's like what Irish people do. Mm -hmm. We drink instead. Like it, it was right. very like you said unapologetically Irish. You could tell that there was like a sense of pride mm. about it. Like mm -hmm. not only their characters but also like you could tell that like the actors were proud to be there. And they all felt really 
like connected and like tuned in and I don't know I can't say enough good things about this movie I know and I know that like I necessarily wouldn't put it at the top of my list simply because there were other stories that I loved more okay but I think from a technical perspective an acting perspective Mm -hmm. a direction perspective I think this is the most well-rounded movie from 2022 agreed you agree with that 100% yeah it was my number three um for those who maybe haven't seen our post or don't remember it was number three for me and like you said the only reason is just because I either connected with or liked the stories more in tar and bones and all yeah and that's literally the only reason yeah it's not because we didn't like like it yeah it's almost like for me my top three could all be tied at number one. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Because I liked them all differently mm-hmm. and I liked them all for different reasons. Right. And to me, all three of them are equally incredible films. My top five has um, Banshees of Inishir and then I also have All Quiet on the Western Front, mm-hmm. Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Menu, and then I had Bones and All. Bones and All for us, we just like connected <laughs> to that movie. Like we Dude. just, it, we locked in. Yeah. And... For me, like the menu was just something that it was like they made a movie for me. For you. Specifically. And then everything, everything, everywhere, all at once. I'm an editor. That was an editing masterpiece. Sure. And then All Quiet on the Western Front, I'm going to say it, is the best war movie I've ever seen. Okay. And so I almost put it as my, in my top five because Mm -hmm. I want people to watch it. I Mm -hmm. want people to see that list and be like, oh, like I haven't watched that yet. Mm -hmm. I should probably watch it because I think it is an incredibly important piece of art that has come out this year. Okay. But I completely agree with you that Banshees of Inishirin is just as good as all of those other four. 100%. And going to show my cards and just say large popcorn. 100%. Large popcorn for me. You are typically the person who has some critiques so i'm curious is there anything like criticism wise that you have to say about this movie i think the only criticism that i have to say is that again the first half hour or so i thought could have been a little bit shorter and would have accomplished the same thing okay there is a turning point where you find out why Brendan Gleeson or mm-hmm. Colum's character is not talking to Podrick mm-hmm. and the movie kind of like falls from there and sure. develops from there. Sure. I think that could have happened a little bit sooner. Okay. They could have developed other people instead of like overdrawing that story at the beginning. Okay. That's my only That's complaint. It. That's it. Okay. So just a minor pacing issue. Minor, minor pacing issue. Okay. Which pretty much speaks for itself. Yep. We love to see it. You've heard it here first. (laughs) Um, That's... Stop the pressure. To me, I understand now like how much you liked this movie Mm -hmm. based on that being your only criticism because that's very minor. Yeah. And the fact that you have no edits for them. That's a first. I know. I am very excited though in this coming spoiler section to talk about my favorite character in the entire movie. Mine too, because I feel like it might be the same as you. Let's get into it. Okay. Welcome back to the spoiler portion of the podcast. We are both going to say our favorite character on the count of three. Okay. One, two, three. The donkey. Yes, Jenny the fucking donkey. Jenny was a paid actor. And she left no crumbs. No crumbs. Zero crumbs in all of Inishirin. Zero crumbs in Inishirin from Jenny. 
how did a donkey act that well? <laughs> a miniature donkey gave an Oscar winning performance. If they nominated her for best supporting actress, oh God. I would be okay with it. She carried them all on her back on her tiny little like back. a pack mule oh her little Jenny. belly oh my god listen every scene with that donkey brought me so much joy so much life and also <laughs> it really did serve a purpose like she yes. wasn't just there to be a donkey no. that existed no she she had a plot she had a whole plot. She had a line. whole story. She had, a, she had her own arc. She had a family before this movie. Okay, <laughs> she was so. She's been so busy. She, she had an arc. Jenny. Had she, an arc. Jenny had an arc, and like the connection between Colin Farrell and Jenny was so sweet, God. and just so true and and pure. And it was really like I thought to myself, like if I was in that time period, I would have a best friend that was a donkey too. Hell yeah look it was bleak okay this was a bleak <laughs> ass time for these people yes they lived in a pile of stones literally there was like constant war and battle they had to walk them. four miles to get to their friend's house yeah like there was nothing to do nothing please have a best friend that's a donkey like you have to have some kind of joy and connection right. in this life and you gotta say that in order to bolster our argument for jenny being nominated for best actress <laughs> i will say that it says something when the donkey outperforms the dog the donkey did outperform the dog the, and that was a cute ass dog. that was a cute ass dog but jenny delivered jenny delivered the dog was just kind of superfluous honestly he yeah, was just there he was just there just trotting around which is interesting because he was column's best friend mm -hmm. like he was like column's little pet yep. best friend but Cotlum was kind of very empty and vacant, yeah. you know, which was funny because Cotlum was supposed to be the complex person mm -hmm. in this friendship. And Colin Farrell's character, Parik, Padrick, Padrick, yeah, yeah, was supposed to be kind of a simpleton. Yeah. You know, just kind of a guy. Which that's the reason why he's not talking to him. <laughs> right. Which is just like he just decided he was too simple and he's talked about unimportant things. Yeah. And he just got tired of it one day. Mm -hmm. So Colum's over here with his dog, which I did it have a name. I don't know. I don't I, remember. It wasn't important. See, Jenny delivered. Because really Colin Farrell's character, Podrick, was quite more complex than what Colm thought he was. Right. And he's over here with Jenny and they're just serving. Serving, delivering, yeah. sign sealed, delivered. I love it. Now, the only thing that was truly disheartening was that I saw that there was a dog on the poster. Mm -hmm. And so I did Google does does, does a dog, a dog die. Die. dot com. Right. I went on there and the dog did not die. Right. Which you told me like before we watched, you were yeah. like, so there's a dog, but I already looked up the dog doesn't die. We were both like, we're like okay. okay, we're good. And then fucking Jenny, God rest her soul choked on a finger and died oh jenny what a way to go but you know i was nervous about it because they were really honing in on jenny a lot i know and so i, I had i had a bad feeling about I it i saw it coming but you know what the bitch went out the way she wanted to snacking yeah which like same girl yeah that's how i want to go out god i love jenny so much oh she was just so precious and pure and she just wanted to trot around in yeah. her little house Speaking of precious and pure, Barry Keoghan's performance in this movie, oh my God. it made me want to 
cry, like openly weep multiple times. I didn't because like, I think there was like a fucking donkey walking around and Colin Farrell like cracking jokes, which is like the beauty of a dark comedy is that like it can like snap your heart into and then like within three seconds you're laughing laughing. again Mm -hmm. and i'm like oh great like that's me like that's how i exist (laughs) so like one minute i'm sapping one minute i'm laughing (laughs) yes so it's the perfect balance for me and i think one of the things that really broke my heart was how he very clearly is autistic or you know has some type of learning disability um special needs and they represented that experience during that time very Mm, well mm -hmm. where people took advantage of people like that and obviously people still get taken advantage of now and are mistreated now but at the time if you had a special need that wasn't something that they could like point at or like diagnose like a physical physical handicap handicap, people just saw you as an idiot yeah and they just treated you like that treated like a piece of garbage basically and his own father in this movie literally abuses him Mm -hmm. and the whole experience of his character through the whole movie of him desperately wanting friendship desperately wanting someone to understand him Mm -hmm. desperately wanting a girl to fall in love with him and then leading to the scene where he asks Siobhan like would you ever be would you ever want to fall in love with a boy like me Mm-hmm. And then she, who is significantly older than him, is right. just like, no, Honey, like, no. And yeah. she's very sweet and she kind. She was. Him. Yeah. She was extremely, she, yeah. she let him down gently. Yeah. There's this one line that just stuck with me that after she let him down, he said, well, there, there goes that dream. Mm-hmm. And the way he said it, I was like, ugh. Yeah. Like it like gutted me. So yeah. I'm just going to say it. I loved brendan gleason in this movie for sure yeah but if both of them were nominated for best supporting actor i would actually give it to barry before i would give it to brendan i 100 percent would too and i'm very excited to see what he does in the future i am because i think he's an incredible actor i do too i really loved him in the green i I know he was in eternals and for some reason i just don't remember him i think you blocked out eternals i just kind of zoned out certainly did i don't know (laughs) it wasn't it didn't make a huge impact on me to be honest yeah but i loved him in the green knight and i loved him in this and I think he's got an enormous amount of potential. Yeah, he does. And he is going to do some really, really amazing great things. things. Yep. And I agree with you about his performance being more complex. I think Brendan Gleeson was great, but I think it was a little one note. I think Brendan Gleeson had so much more to work with because obviously like his whole character's experience is that he is facing his own mortality. He recognizes that he's aging. Right. And he wants to fill the rest of his days with creating music, writing Mm -hmm. music, and not sitting around and talking about bullshit all day. Right. Which literally is, he's just having a moment. A moment. Like he, he thinks that he hasn't left anything to this world. Sure. Because he hasn't like written a masterpiece or, Mm -hmm. you know, people, he says like people remember music. They don't remember like the conversations that, you know. Right. So his performance was, I feel like it was an easier performance, if that makes sense, because like he's lopping off his fingers, literally, right? because he threatens Colin Farrell. Like if you talk to me again, I'm going to cut off one of my fingers Mm -hmm. and then I'm going to keep cutting them off until you stop talking to me. Mm -hmm. And he literally cuts off all his fucking fingers. Yep. It's funny because like if you explain that 
plot point to somebody <laughs> you would think that like it's like a ridiculous move but honestly like it makes sense like it didn't feel ab- no. it didn't feel abstract abnormal it didn't feel like over the top mm-hmm. it really did feel like he was losing it yeah and just unraveling yeah and i thought his performance was great again mm-hmm. but something there was something really special about barry keegan yeah i agree for me this movie may have had my favorite scene of the year okay is that crazy because one of uh, it's not crazy but i'm curious to hear what scene it is so the menu had many scenes that i thought were gonna mm-hmm. be like my favorite scenes of mm-hmm. the year but i was shocked because my favorite scene of the year was very much a caitlin scene okay it was like you wrote the script in that section. Okay. It was Colin Farrell when he was drunk in the bar mm-hmm. and he was confronting Brendan Gleeson about mm-hmm. like why he's not talking to him in front mm-hmm. of everybody. And Brendan Gleeson straight up is like, I want to create music because nobody's going to remember me, mm-hmm. but they'll remember a song that I made. And mm-hmm. the song's name is Banshees of Inishirin. So that's right. where the title comes from. But basically, he's just like obsessing over leaving his mark. Mm-hmm. And that nobody will ever remember that he had a conversation with Podrick outside the pub at 2 p.m. Right. And then Podrick says his mom was kind and he'll never forget her. Yeah, that was a Caitlin moment for sure. Because... That's something I would say about myself. Like, not that I was kind and <laughs> right. not remember myself. <laughs> right, but right, like, right. That's no, yeah. what I want people to remember me by. Right. Like, I want them to remember how I made them feel. And I feel like that's what you would tell other people, like, if they weren't feeling good about themselves right. or, you know, you were counseling a student or something yeah. like that, where it's like, it doesn't matter if you get an A on that test. Hell it doesn't no. matter if you make the soccer team. It doesn't matter right. all of those things from childhood all the way until you're old. Right. I think that's kind of the moment where we as an audience and also Brennan Gleason's character uh-huh. see a deeper side to, to Colin Farrell yeah. to Podrick. After he says that, he goes on this whole other tirade yeah. to him and yeah. like kind of tells him off. And he walks out of the bar and then Brendan Gleason says, now I like him again. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Because in that moment, we see his complexities yeah. and we see him fighting and standing up for what he thinks is important. And it shows that he cares about the real things, Yeah, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, dude, music, whatever. Like, yeah, I don't care about, he calls him like behooven or something. Yeah. Like, he doesn't even <laughs> say like Beethoven. It was so yeah. cute. And it was just like, yeah, he might be simple, but he's a good fucking dude, man. Yeah. And he just wants people to be nice and he just mm-hmm. wants him to be his friend again yeah it's so pure you know there's a lot of really just kind of pure moments in this movie which like you said isolated those are really heartfelt moments i think Mm -hmm. but as a whole this is not like a heartwarming like you said it's not like a warm fuzzy feeling no so i think it was nice to have little bits of that sprinkled throughout though i agree and i think for me a running through line from this movie is something that a lot of people in general experience but i think a lot of artistic people really experience Mm -hmm. it which is you know you were a singer Mm -hmm. and i obviously went into film school because i thought I was going to make films Mm -hmm. and you know you thought about going to a conservatory instead of studying psychology and I think people who are artistic or even athletes for that matter where it's like you know what is my end goal here right like am I going to be remembered for this am I going to make something that's significant right 
am I living up to my potential? Right. And I think Brendan Gleeson's character, although it was a little more one note than everybody else, was really easy to connect to because he was just like, I have the potential to make something Mm -hmm. that could stand the test of time and that everybody will know. Mm -hmm. And he pushed aside his best friend to try and accomplish that before he dies. Right. But his best friend, Podrick, is there to not only remind Brendan Gleeson, but to remind like us where it's just like you, you aren't your accomplishments, right? Even the most accomplished person, that is not who they are. No, It's things they did. It's things they did, not who they are. Not who they are. And I thought that message was so simple Mm -hmm. and beautifully delivered that just... Mm this movie delivered almost a master class on how to present a theme Mm. without shoving it down your fucking throat yeah i know this is a potential best picture winner i'd be a hundred percent okay if it won a hundred percent i don't think it will i don't know why i feel like that but i don't know maybe but I, i guess i need to see what the other listen i will go to la and i will interrupt the oscars if the Fablemans wins over Dude, this, I will no. I will flip tables. I will I will be a drunk I Irishman. I don't think this is gonna happen. It might not in our house. <laughs> it's not <laughs> in this house. <laughs> well, I hope not because I will also I'll go with you. Yeah, and we'll run up on that stage. Well, Kanye West. Well, this Kanye thing. West this thing, and not in the way that he's acting now. No, in the old Kanye way. I'm gonna let you finish, but Banshees of Inisherin gave the best performance of 2022 baby 100 percent. if i can't have bones and all win which is not even gonna be nominated no god that sucks but eh, at least we have this movie yeah, something we'll always have in a sharing we'll always have in a sharing <laughs> yes <laughs> well that does it for us we could not be more excited for next week's episode oh my god because horror is back baby (laughs) we are going to be reviewing megan yes we are the robot ai horror movie about a doll and i couldn't be more excited it's already getting a little bit of some crazy reviews that i was not expecting not expecting it so i cannot wait for that and guys if you have an hbo max subscription have to watch but please if you don't have a hbo subscription get the free week yeah honestly and watch it watch it like you have to see this movie and then if i can just make one more shameless plug also while you have the free week also try and binge all of sex lives of college girls oh yeah that's such good so good (laughs) but watch banshees first yes banshees first please always Banshees first. (laughs) Banshees for life. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody. Have a great weekend. We'll catch you next week. Thanks for joining us on the ride home. Bye.